Welcome back. Today, Seth and I wrap up our interview with Trish. She gives some great advice on how to get through some super tough times. Listen as she vulnerably shares the one agreement between her and her son that has changed everything and find out the underlying message that might just help her son find his way. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Parenting Post-Wilderness, your guide to parenting struggling teens. I'm your host, Beth Hillman, a mom of five boys, including a post-wilderness teen and a life coach for parents. I will guide you on how to influence lasting change by first understanding the relationship-changing power of focusing on your own behavior instead of futile attempts to control your teens. Parents, the change begins with us. And I'm curious, do you think that some of the time away, when you talk about the ease of talking to, I mean, was this the first extended period of time where you weren't in communication and was it difficult to reestablish that connection when he came back? Or what do you think the ease of talking to the, if you don't mind me saying, lack of connection, what do you think contributed to that? Well, he had been away to school and okay. so I had been, and he didn't come home often or we didn't communicate very much. So I think I was relatively accustomed to him not being around and speaking. I would more attribute it to his, um, the fight within himself hmm. that he was still fighting, that he hadn't resolved to the point where he, could reach out he was still there's still a battle going on inside that was that was not resolved to the point of of well actually even wanting to communicate well I don't know if he wanted to being able to I'll at least say that I don't know exactly what his heart wanted but he Mm. but he wasn't able at that point still to. And I don't know how much you want me to flip ahead, but when we did get home um, and he didn't go to school, but um, one of our kids set him up in an apartment with friends at school, but he was supposed to work and he was just going to live at the apartment. And to make a long story short, while he was there, he got totally had made the decision to take his life again. And at that point, I didn't even know about it because he (laughs) wasn't around enough and we weren't talking enough for me to even be that aware. And um, it was really sweet because he, for some reason, and I don't know why, but he has little nieces and nephews that are very young. And for some reason, the little nieces and nephews love him to pieces and it doesn't matter how dirty he is or how he smells or any of those unkept things that might turn some people off those little kids love him and he had made the decision to end his life again Mm -hmm. and then he thought and to me to him it just seemed like a relief it just seemed like this will end everything it will end my problems it will end everything um, and then he thought of a little niece that loved him to pieces and he thought, oh, but then I can't hold her in again. And that was the thing that kept him here. So, and I was totally unaware until after wow. it happened. And after, I mean, I heard from my daughter that he came over and visited 
and that he she that he wanted to see the little niece and then Andrew told me later that that was what happened so I didn't even know as it was progressing until after so mm. so how okay so what's the time frame between leaving wilderness and that that experience well he came out he came it was pretty much after wilderness because he got home he got home right around Labor Day um, and he went so he went essentially to it was student housing um, he went to student housing with friends that were going to school and he wasn't signed up for school but he went into the student housing with them and that was his choice was he like okay I'm gonna get out in the world I'm gonna get some friends or who made that yes. decision okay he made he made that decision and he well he want all my kids have not wanted to be home after they graduated from high school yeah. I, <laughs> I I take that as a good thing that's but right <laughs> he fit that category as well and um, he didn't have any money to be able to do that but um, one of his siblings paid for him to be able to do that so um, so that's how he was able to do that and it was essentially pretty much right after um wilderness he he moved into that but okay. that's how quickly he got suicidal again too so within you said not very long but a few weeks uh, a month no months a months. few months a few months, months. okay yes mm. well he had tried to work actually and i think that's about when i talked to you guys too because i i knew things weren't going the best i knew he couldn't he couldn't even hold down a job he couldn't even do a job and he thought well he was happy at wilderness or he enjoyed the walks and stuff so actually i think that's when i talked to you beth and then you talked to seth mm -hmm. um about helping him to see if he could because you know obviously he still needs counseling he's still i mean he doesn't need it those things would be probably most likely helpful and i wish he would do them um but he was not willing to do that. And at that point, that was one good thing too, Seth. I wanted to thank you because mm. <laughs> you, you told Beth that you couldn't help him. And I thought, I know how that feels. And it was just, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah. it validated how I felt. And it's like, okay, it's really true. <laughs> he has to want to help himself. He has to, he has to become, get in a place where and I don't, I never did talk to you, Seth, but uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to shed any light on that. Well, I was going to ask, I think it's important. Seth wasn't just like, I'm, I'm not helping him. It wasn't like that. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I, and I, thought, I knew that. I, I could tell it was like, it's like, uh, anyway. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I don't know. So I yeah. would like to hear the rest of the story. Um, You know, when someone returns from wilderness, I think that there is it's hard to reconnect to society while still if a spark did kind of ignite while they're in wilderness, um, how do you carry that over and how do you sustain, you know, this self care and this connection to something much bigger than yourself when you're then back to everyday society, which is very much removed from connection and wilderness and the way that I personally felt and the way that I, I think is truly meaningful, impactful is connection and being so far away. I was concerned that 
it would be difficult for us to really form a solid connection where he would be comfortable to reach out to me when he needed. And that's where I think that personal component of, you know, finding a mentor or um, a counselor or a peer support within the community so that they can actually see each other one-on-one and be able to form that connection to become more vulnerable and more open to discuss some of the things that are going on. I think that that's really pivotal and important um, in the transition process from wilderness because you go from support, peer support, peer mentor support, therapist support to earth support. Yeah. Earth support, nature support to all of a sudden you're on your own. Um, and I think that's a really difficult disconnect for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and my desire with working with individuals is I want to be able to reach out and be there for whomever I can. But I also very much know that in order for me or anybody to have sustainable impact, there has to be a bond. There has to be a connection. It is a relationship. Yeah. So you felt that he just wasn't ready. Is that? Well, I mean, it's a combination of not being ready as well as the, the distance between us, the actual, the proximity, the actual geographic. Mm. Um, Because I mean, there's plenty of times where someone might not be ready, but when you have the proximity and you can actually go out and see somebody face to face, you can find out why they're not ready. Uh, or or what is holding them back. But when being having those conversations over Zoom or over a phone call, sometimes that's really difficult, especially for for um young adults and for adolescents. Yeah. So it's kind of a combination. I mean, yes, an individual has to want change, but you also can help facilitate and understand why there is a blockage to desiring change. But again, that relationship and connection helps in that process. And given um, his suicidation, I did not feel comfortable with the level of support that I could provide. Yeah. That makes sense. That does make sense. And it's so interesting because I think you recognizing that, Seth, it sounds like that gave you Trish some validation. It definitely did. I thought, yeah, I mean, I get the idea of, of it takes time and energy to even to, to, to connect. It takes time and energy. And then, and then if they're not ready to connect, then the time and energy could be spent on trying to understand what's stopping them, which also is very difficult. I think it's harder to get to do that than it is to actually connect, at least for me. It takes, because sometimes at least I found like he he can't put into words what's even going on. So it's not like you can deal with it. You have to try and imagine and try and maybe put it into words and then let him see if that is what he's thinking. And if not, Mm. it's like, okay, back to the drawing board. What could it be? And that to me is very a challenging situation. It yeah. is a challenging situation. And, and it's a situation where, um, you know, I think vulnerability invites vulnerability. 
Um, but at the same time, if you can't, if, if, it, if someone can't put into words what they're feeling, um, yeah, that's, that, that's extremely difficult. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. So I'm really interested in talking about the time. So, you know, he starts to unravel a bit if, if that's okay to use that word. Um, yes. you, f- you find out that he had a suicide. Did he have a plan in place or he just had considered it? Then he thought of his I, niece. I, um, he's had a couple of plans. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, so, um, I don't know which plan was in place at that time. There's a couple of plans he has said to sure. me before, but, um, I don't know which plan at that point, And I didn't, uh, try and clarify it. No, that's fine. I guess my, yeah, I guess my question was, is that, so he thought of his niece and then it paused it for that moment. And then he started to not be able to even live with those friends. Correct. Um, uh, no, he could live with the friend. He could still live with the friends. He, he just, um, it came to the end of the school year and end of the contract. And, um, my husband, and I don't have, are not in a financial situation to allow to pay for him for a place to stay. He can stay here at mm-hmm. our house, but we don't have the finances to, um, help him stay in an apartment someplace else. And the other, so that's, so he had to come home for those reasons. Okay. So when he came home, what was that like? Did you have a home agreement in place? Did you, or did you just say, come on home, son? Can you kind of explain that and why (laughs) you did or didn't have one? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And, and maybe I like boundaries. It's like, if you just agree to stay alive, I don't care. You don't even have to work around the house. I don't care how much, how many computer games you play. I don't care what you do. Just agree to stay alive. And mm-hmm. that did that was, happen right when he moved back home, or did it take oh, yes. you a little bit? No, it, it happened. Okay. It happened right, right when because he he had tried to work. And to make a long story short, that one of the times he tried to work, he didn't, he tried to work a couple of times. And the last time he had only been there a few hours and I could just tell by his text because he texted me while he was working. And I actually went over to the place, to the place he was working and I, and he walked out with me and he was done. Um, and he just gets to the point where he would rather be dead than work. And that's, if he mm-hmm. if he has the two choices, he would choose to be dead. So it's that that was when, and that was I can't remember. No, he was living here at that point. So it was probably right after the school year, and he was here, and we drove over to where he was working and just got him, just okay. picked him up, and that's the agreement we had. So it didn't take too long to get to that agreement. What I think is so like literally amazing about this is (laughs) that this is up to you and your family. You know, I think a lot of people would want to perhaps judge and say, no, he needs boundaries. You need to make him do something that like, I can only imagine that probably crossed your mind of, of the judgment that could be placed on you. But I, or you've had, I've had people say that you're supporting him in this. Like it's it's like you're Mm. supporting him while he's doing this. It's like, 
I don't feel like you can explain. And I can see, I actually see their point. So you're enabling him to do this. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. (laughs) But you're also keeping, you're also keeping him alive. And it's worth it to me. It is so worth it to me. If those are the choices I choose, Mm -hmm. I, I choose to stay alive. Mm -hmm. That's my choice. And I just, I want, I think it's so important for parents to be able to make their own decisions regarding something like this. You know, as you were saying before, listen to the professionals, try to understand them. And then I do believe it's so important, especially when you're, you're, you're regulated, if that makes sense, like emotionally regulated to really listen. What is it that my child actually needs right now? What is it? What could it be? It's hard to get to that place. But I also just want to open the door on what if this was an option? What exactly, you know, and obviously it is, but I think, I think it's very hard to, for parents to give ourselves permission to like, Hey, what if I just let go completely? And I just made this one agreement. And what if that worked? Right? Right. Well, it <laughs> definitely take, I don't have to go check on him every night. I, I, I'm not in mm. that state. And, and the, the truth of the matter is, I know that he wants to work. I know he wants to be productive. I know that Mm -hmm. is a desire and he is trying to figure out how to do it. And so I have to allow him to figure out how to do it in his own way and in his, his own time. And he doesn't want to live here. He doesn't want to be dependent on us. And I know that. And so that's part of the, if he just wanted to do it, I don't know how I'd feel, but, I, and I would, anyway, I would still do it. If the choice were still those two choices, I would still choose just stay alive. Right. It's worth it to me. But I love what you're saying. It's, it's part, I think it adds to your ability to have some patience and you're like, because you can see him and you're like, I know that he actually wants to be productive. I, I know that he actually doesn't want to live with us. And so you're, I guess, sort of counting on that natural, uh, not, not natural, but um, in t- inside engine. Yes. <laughs> what word am I looking for, Seth? Instinct, instinctual. <laughs> Thank you. His, his instincts to kick in. And sometimes you just have, it, everything needs to kind of quiet down first, right? In order to light that internal engine. Of right. his. Right. Well, I, I would like to point out an amazing message that I don't know if you're even aware that you are sending to him, which is regardless of whether you work, regardless of what you're doing, you simply as you are enough. Mm. I totally. And I, when I read the questions about what I've learned, that's what I've learned. <laughs> right. That is wow. what I've learned more than anything is. Mm-hmm. Your your worth is not dependent on what you do, correct? Or right? Or your abilities, or anything else? You you are of infinite worth to me, correct? <laughs> oh my gosh! <Right. laughs> that that Which is, is beautiful. Yes, that is a belief, and that's a connection that then that that's a foundation for a new connection. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's it's like. You just are trusting him. <laughs> yes, I I very much, I value his ability to choose. I value his ability mm. to think through things and figure mm. things out. And I, 
and I trust him that he is doing the best he can and that we're in it for as long as we need to be. And that's okay. Yeah. Oh, that is beautiful. That's what that is. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Is there anything else you would like to offer the, these parents who are listening? Anything else that you think could be helpful or that might resonate with them? Well, I would say that we're, I, uh, how can I say this? I would say that we're not alone, mm. uh, that we're not alone, that I see as things have progressed, um, the way things add upon each other, uh, the way things like, even like, even like Seth's, what, right at that time, I needed that. And that was helpful to me and it moved. So I didn't feel alone. I would mm. say that there are, lots of experiences similar to that that have helped propel or keep me going or helped it so that it's a learning experience so that it's not so I don't feel alone I don't know how to say that exactly but but it pushes you past what you know and gets you to a place where there's I don't know there's hope there's you're not alone you're there is a way through, even though we don't see it. Uh, maybe yes. we can only see one yes. baby step, and maybe that's all we can see for right now. But you've had all these other baby steps, so we can keep thinking there's going to be a lot more, and that there's hope. Yeah, I think that mm-hmm. is the. Me- I think that's the best message, honestly. That uh, there's there's hope, and it's just one step at a time. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts or questions, Seth? No, I just really want to thank you for being as open and honest and vulnerable as to your experience and um, all that you have gone through and and what you are continuing to do. Really appreciate your insight and um, perspective. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I'm just sitting here thinking of, oh my gosh. Sorry, all the parents who need to hear this information. Um, it's so it's so dear to my heart, Trish, as you know. So because we share, you know, right. share this experience or some of this experience, and um, I, I think this is how we support each other. This is how we love each other from from parent to wilderness guide to addict to child and teen we just all we we tell our stories and we be as authentic and genuine and vulnerable as we can and i think that alone is it can help and, and i feel like that's what we're doing here so thank you so much for contributing to this thank you you are so welcome and i really hope it does help because we all need help and we all can help each other so it's all good we really can awesome all right take care thank Thank you. you hey there thank you for joining me today if you know a struggling parent please share this with them If you have any questions or want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Beth Hillman Coaching or through my website, BethHillmanCoaching.com. And remember, parents, the change begins with us.